Hey guys, Andres Gamboa Barrera here, creator and co-host of the Ponytails podcast. Nick Tiverti was off today. I sat down with Kim Shell, and boy, another fun one. Man, I just keep saying that, but it's true, guys. I'm having a blast with these episodes, and every one of our guests has been so wonderful. So uh, with Kim, we talked a lot about you know all the different experiences that she had with host families, particularly uh, throughout her entire five-summer career, and really just some funny stories that she had to deal with and, and, and cope with. Luckily for her, she never had any car problems. You can hear a lot about that. But more than anything, we were just super excited to share about what she's up to now. Uh, she's just started a brand new job, and she's doing an excellent uh, excellent work for them. So they're, they're a recruiting company. And uh, so you'll get a little more details on that as well as her job with uh, Isogenics. And she's working with Amanda Q, who's been another uh, person that we've had on the podcast before. So I hope you enjoy this one, guys. Uh, and one more thing, if you haven't heard, the big announcement on this one is we are doing our Bizzler. It's official now. So in August of 2022, we are going to be doing a getaway for alumni. And so if you guys are interested about that, there will be a link in our bio on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on there. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. There is on the Kim episode on the link. The link is on the, on the comment section as well. So if you want more details on that. So yeah. Stay tuned. That one is going to be fun. But now, without further ado, Kim Shell. And we should be about live. Here we go. Awesome. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. Good. Coming to us live from Nashville, Tennessee. How goes it? And how is how is Nashville in October? I've never been. Uh, super nice. It's finally starting to cool down a little bit, but not cold yet. Just like that crisp, nice feeling weather-wise and everybody's always in Nashville 24 7 so it's packed as per usual if you go downtown at least so heck yeah I had I never knew this is is the is the majority of the alumni in Nashville I would assume it's probably like a city that has probably a high concentration of of book people right like I don't know if the majority are but there's definitely a huge group here um and David Stewart's only adding to that because he's recruiting everybody to go work for him at Southwestern <laughs> Insurance so he's bringing in all of all the book guys uh and he needs book women too but yes he's amassing quite a list so it's it's growing so I've heard good for yeah. him um yeah. are are you uh like how often do you keep in touch with like with book people since you're in Nashville? Is that, is that something that's pretty common or are you kind of separate from that? Yep. Yep. We definitely all hang out. I see them all the time. I'm going to see a bunch <laughs> of them this weekend. Oh yeah. Or that's, wow. that's the friend group. So that was the wow. cool part about moving here and already knowing some people for sure. So it only keeps growing. We're like, everybody moved to Nashville. Come on. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, let me get, let me give you a quick, uh, quick introduction because I'm excited for this episode that we can jump right on in. But, uh, uh, tonight, so Nick Tiberti is off tonight. Uh, he's been working really hard for us and doing a really good job. We're really proud of him and the growth that he's providing to the, to the show. Um, and so it's just you and I tonight I'm, I'm, I'm joined with by Kim Shell and I'm so excited for this one. We, we, we planned this a couple, three or four weeks ago now. Um, yeah. and, uh, I'm so excited cause you go way back from like my first summer. We, we had the same first summer. Um, in 2012, you sold for four or five summers. Um, mm -hmm. I actually ended up skipping the one, but we had the same length of, of career and years. And you went to Florida, uh, Solid Gator, of course, Eagle Blitz organization, duh. Number 12, uh, your first summer, that's a pretty, and that was, that's a hard summer. You probably would have been like close to the number one every other summer since. That was, yeah. we had, that was <laughs> Hannah Reesberg hit like 6,200 units as a first year. And then like, I think yeah. the top 10 all were above 4,000. It was a, it was a tough competition. Um, so that was a solid summer. 
you hit PC your first summer and then two other summers. So you're a natural visitor of the of the PC world. It's pretty solid. 320 unit day. Oh, and I think we're going to hear about that later on. Yeah. Uh, so heck yeah. <laughs> and then you hit I want to win four summers, which I want to win if you guys don't remember is when you have your best weeks of the summer at the end of your summer, uh, which means you had a pretty, pretty strong finish. So that's tells you a little bit about the character of Kim here. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Heck yeah. Um, well, let's see. I don't know if you've seen other episodes before, but we dig in usually start with uh, how the heck you got into the business. Um, who were you that year 2011-12 right before you, somebody came up to you and told you about Southwestern? Yeah, so I was a sophomore at UF and I actually came from a survey. I was a totally random recruit. Uh, Bernard Chu, the infamous Bernard Chu, surveyed my anthropology class. And it was like, it, it was like the fun one that everybody took. It was like sex and culture or something, you know, like something funny. Sure. Um, almost didn't go to class that day. You know, he came up, announced, I filled it out. And that was in fall. Bernard didn't call me until April the next year. <laughs> I had like a month and a half to prepare and he I remember it because I was studying for uh, Orgo. I don't know if it was Orgo 1 or Orgo 2, but I was like at this like cafe place. We all like to hang out and I was studying and hating studying. And this random number popped up on my phone. So I'm like, okay, let me answer this because I'm not doing anything else important. And, you know, he does the whole pitch, come do an info session. And it's funny because looking back, because I then full-time recruited later, I kept Bernard on the phone for like a solid 10 minutes. Like, I don't know why he kept talking to me. Cause I was like, well, can I do summer classes? Like, is it paid? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I just like question after question after question, which also my nickname, my first summer was curious George. So here's how you can figure out why, but just went on and on and on. And so anyway, and then he was like the typical, you know, can I count on you? I was like, okay. So I went, you know, to an info session. Um, and I was like, wow, this sounds great. And I really never done anything hard, I would say, like in my life. Um, very blessed to have, you know, been raised with parents who are still together, you know, like middle class. Like I just didn't, I didn't ever want for anything. And so, but I was always raised like you can do anything you want, anything you set your mind to. And I was like, well, I can't like prove that. Like I had nothing to show for it, like on paper. And so that was what really drew me in. Like I had a feeling, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do to set myself apart. At the time I wanted to be a vet. Um, so I was a biology major at the time. So I was like, I need something to differentiate myself. Like, what am I going to do? And for me, character wise, I wanted to prove that I could actually do something hard. Cause again, I hadn't ever been tested. So that's like why I was like, yeah, this sounds cool and signed up. Um, after I had to do quite some, some convincing on my parents and my parents were oh. vehemently <laughs> against me selling books. Um, so much so to the point where when we were recruiting later, like all the book kids, like kids that had parent objections would be like, can I, can they call you? Can they call you? Because my parents took a solid like three to four years to actually get on board. Even after my first summer with really? me, like being number 12, like, yeah, like selling like over 4,000 units. Like, oh yeah. All of it. They were still not really about it. Like I almost didn't come back for a second summer. Um, and they even surprised me my first summer. They came up halfway through, which like, I don't think ever happens. Cause it's like that, you know, like 
org leaders don't want that because like then kids like quit because they miss their parents and they go home i don't think my right. dad gave bernard a choice <laughs> he was just like just we're coming it. like when's the best time for us to come so they showed up like on a saturday night um and like went to the sunday meeting afterward but anyway so yeah that's like how i got into it and ended up going for that, five summers obviously <laughs> that's super interesting because you know it if you, and for people who maybe never recruited, who sold but never recruited much, like when you do parent work when, and, the, and the parents are completely against it, that is like the biggest, that and the boyfriend or slash girlfriend is yes. the biggest like derailment of a, of, a, of a person, right, on their way to, to sales school. So how did you, especially being at, at being so late in the year, what did you say to your parents? Because Angela Berkey, who sold books the same first summer that we did, had yeah. the same issue. And her story is crazy. We have to have her on at some point to tell that story. But yeah, what did how did you convince your parents, or what did you how did you defy them? I guess since they were not on board. I'm honestly not sure because, like, <laughs> one, my parents paid for everything. You know what I mean? So it's not like I could have just been like, "Well, screw you! I'm taking my car that I paid for, and it's my college education I'm paying for and doing it anyway." Because that was not the case. Like. You know, I had the old beater car, like my parents were paying for everything. And so it was really the first time I learned how to kind of like really push back on my parents. Cause anybody that knows me knows I have military parents, both of them did 28 years in the Navy. And so you don't just like tell them no, <laughs> that you're going to go do something. It, it doesn't work. And so a very like chain of command, you know, very polite. And so it's just, yeah, I don't honestly know. Like a lot of like begging, a lot of crying, a lot of like, please talk to Bernard. I don't even think he talked to Bernard. I don't remember. Like they wouldn't let him do a parent visit. Um, wow. I just had to wear my parents down and keep pushing because the problem, I think a lot of it too was, you know, that older generation was taught like you go to college, you get a degree and you get a good job. And they, don't, they didn't really know, like, you've got to differentiate yourself. It's not going to be enough to get good grades. Like, I've got to have something else to make me stand out. And so that was what I had to keep pushing. Because then I was like, you just need to do summer classes. I'm like, no, I don't need to do summer classes. Like, that is not what's going to help me. Like, I know that's what you think. And I know, like, your 18-year-old daughter is trying to tell you that you should let her go sell books or a door. But, like, and that's a better idea. Um, and you don't really believe me. But, like, I need you to trust me that you've raised me to make good decisions. And so this is a good decision, even if you don't think it is, right? So right. it was kind of like that, like wow. that first time, like really negotiating with my parents and having to really back up my perspective and be able to stand up and say like, no, you're wrong. Um, that was a huge thing I learned from Southwestern. Like my dynamic with my parents, it was never bad, but I certainly was able to get a lot more like guts and like gumption and be able to stand up for anything and be like, no, this is the way we're going to do it because one, it's my life and not really maybe that sassy, but you know, like, this is a good idea. It's an informed decision. I'm not just throwing things at the wall. Like I thought about this. Here's why I'm doing it. You know, whether you really approve or not is not really like a part up of the, you. <laughs> yeah. It's like not really part of the, the part of it anymore. And that again, like never, that like wasn't an option growing up. So yeah, it was wow. just like the whole thing. And I finally warmed down and my dad was finally like, fine, you can go. And obviously he was worried about safety. I mean, military parents, I mean, any parent, but like, especially my dad, like being military, sitting there thinking like, I'm not worried about you. I'm like worried about everybody else. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah. and I can relate my, I had similar experience with, with my parents, but not to that extent. It was just, my mom was kind of the one that was like, ah, my dad, 
it was I was it was Wednesday of finals week when I got recruited and I called him okay I'm gonna go yeah yeah and I was like at the same time like I started the same recruitment process at the same time but it got bumped back but anyway so I called my parents and my dad I told them I, I said hey I told them I'm going till August so I committed and I signed yeah and he goes well if I see you back here in July don't come home just because I didn't raise a quitter so that was my dad's attitude like he's oh like my you're gosh. going man. my mom on the other hand she's like well I don't know and maybe not and Eventually, I said something similar to what you said. I said, hey, look, if this is a bad decision, then your parenting was messed up like years ago. Yeah. And then it led me to make this decision. Yeah. Or you've raised me correctly. And then otherwise, you should trust that I'm making a good decision here. Right. So either way, I'm going. I'm going. It's almost <laughs> like having to coach your parents on like controlling the yeah. controllables, right? Without them really even realizing or are you even knowing that's what you're doing? It's like, listen, yeah. like. Like if, it, if, if we like mess up, then like, you know, like that's not in your control. Like you can raise me yeah. the best you can be, but if I'm going to go be a dipshit, then I'm going to go be a dipshit, yeah. which I, like, I wouldn't do anyway. But it's like, you, at some point you've got to make me, let me make decisions. Right. So I got to fly. <laughs> and, and that's its president for like, like who I marry or, right. like, you know, how I raise my kids or, you know what I mean? Like that's at the tone really early on with my parents um and then when they got divorced it was like another thing that made us like feel like adu like adults like hey we're more friends now than we are like i mean i still respect them like they're my parents right but right but like for example uh, you know like if my mom ever tried to tell me hey you sh can't do that i'm like are you come on really you're like do you want to talk about that have you been around for the last 10 years come on yeah what do you think i'm doing no I, I i can do this let me mess up it's okay i haven't so far too badly i mean a lot but yeah. not th detrimentally we should be okay right exactly so, right that's awesome good for you happy for you yeah okay so so heck yeah so yeah so i mean five summers there's a lot of stories in there and we can definitely i mean go into tangents like that and talk about you know cool life lessons like that all you want tonight but um walk me through i always like specifically asking about that first summer because it's like the yeah. first one that hits you like a bucket of water right blue like cold yeah. bucket of water so walk me through like what things that you remember that stuck out like maybe sales school or maybe your first store or like like some of those highlights yeah <clears throat> i went to indiana nice south west indiana specifically um i i love my first summer i mean probably more than most people but it's just like the one that really sticks you know like you can't forget some of those things um yeah i mean sales school was awesome that was really the last sales school that was really big um after yes. that because uf and fsu and the florida kids went so much earlier than other schools because of the cat the school calendar they were like these tiny intimate meetings just at the sales school, like had, you know, Southwestern headquarters. Whereas like in 2012, we still were going downtown and like jumping on the marble and you know, all that fun stuff. And so that was cool. Cause it was just this huge, I remember there being so many other organizations there, even though I didn't know them. And it was really, that was like the most fun sales school. I think, um, <laughs> I do remember, gosh, I don't know how I made, I don't know how I made it. So from all the running. Okay. So like, I'm, I'm 19, right, at this point. And I'm like all of 112 pounds. I mean, I'm tiny. And so now I'm carrying this like 40 pound backpack. And mind you, like, I didn't work out. Like I rode horses. That doesn't build muscle on your like ankles. I mean, legs, yes, but ankles, no. And so anyway, we're running around so much. At like one point, my ankles were like 
so swollen. I remember like catching up with Bernard or whoever it was and just like crying. And I'm like, I can't run. Like, I'm not trying to quit. I'm just telling you, like, don't make me run up this freaking hill. Like one, I'm not a runner. And two, like my ankles are so swollen. I do vividly remember that uh, because it was just like so dramatic. Um, and the allergy, this is probably not even what you want to know, but like the allergies no, are No, this so is great. Bad. No, please. Like this the is the fun part. This is the fun part. So bad in Nashville in indiana and my allergies are so bad in general that for the first like i kid you not like the first two months i like had to sleep with my mouth open at night and i was just like guzzling like allergy pills i was just dying i don't sometimes i don't know how i made it i'm like and because other summers i had it so cush and i was like oh this is the worst thing ever and i started thinking about my first summer and i'm like that was awful and i was like let's go there's just some whole other like mind warp that you have to put yourself in to just get there um I always say I'm like so happy I sold books but I would never sign up to do it again like never in a million years if you pitched me to sell books right now I'd be like are you like like what's wrong with you are you on drugs like why would I ever want to do that but I'm so happy I did it like I would never trade the experience for the world but it's just like a totally different mindset to be in but anyway so that stuck out to me got my first summer oh man am I so my first half of my summer I was at an HQ with like a student manager and two other girls. And then my second half of the summer, I got moved into the rookie HQ, which I'll tell you about, which was really fun. But the first half, because I ran out of turf because half my first county was like Amish Mennonite. And we didn't have family Bible library. Let me tell you how pissed I was my second summer when they reintroduced that. And I was like, are you kidding me? I could have sold like 6,000 units my first summer if I had this. Like I had to throw away half my turf because I could, yeah. I mean, I saw, I did sell to them. I did sell children's books, but like yeah. I, I told Bernard, I was like, you got to move me. Like, I'm not going to hit my goal selling children's books. And like, that's why they moved me because I was like out of turf. But anyway, my first summer, so I'm a super light sleeper, super light. Like you can turn on a light and it'll wake me up. Okay. So like my alarm, even to this day, when I wake up, is like this gentle rolling, like it's, it slowly gets louder, which is how you're supposed to wake up, by the way. Like you are not supposed to wake up to a blaring alarm. It's so bad for you. Does oh, it like shock you out of your sleep? So anyway, <clears throat> so, you know, the 5.59 AM wake up. Well, my, my roommate was not a light sleeper. And so her alarm would go off but she had it on maximum volume and it was on carry on my wayward son. Okay. So every morning (laughs) I woke up to carry on my wayward son at like maximum level. So I'm like shooting up in bed, like running, like literally running to go turn it off. So traumatic. (laughs) <laughs> the worst oh way to wake up oh my god and it makes you hate that song now if you play it now if you hear that song it's like every time I, I don't hate it but like every time i hear it i'm like oh man i got some bad memories with this one <laughs> it's like dramatic <laughs> yes but when i tell you like the it's highest like volume a- of it's like it's like if you got like a puppy and all of a sudden every time you like played like you ain't nothing but a groundhog you know like <laughs> It's like that. Yeah. That happened like, to me with, with New York, Empire State of Mind with Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Oh. One of my roommates, I hate that song. I hate it. Every time it's, I'm like, oh, God. You know, it's funny. New York. I hope Jenny knew. I hope you watched this because I, my second summer when I, she was my org leader 
and I like live with her because <clears throat> um, my my HQ fell apart and those girls quit and I was like well so we just went and moved in with Jenny but anyway she played oh she had maximum the like the gonna have a good day <laughs> like that oh. song and that was Max Blast too. And I was like, y'all are gonna kill me. You need to learn how to wake up like a little <laughs> more subtle because it's already really early and I've already got anxiety, but now we're just adding to it. It's bad, man. And I feel like everybody listening can relate. It's like, yep, I got that song. Yeah, probably everybody. <laughs> if you're listening to this live, comment on what song that was for you, poor oh, dear God. God. That's rough, man. Anyway, so, so yeah. you were talking about your first summer. Uh, yeah sorry go on yeah yeah so i <clears throat> sold through that turf told bernard i was like i can't sell to amish and mennonite like and make money and hit my goals he's like okay so we'll move you so one of the girls in the rookie hq had quit and so i went and moved in with them and that was Susanna mccon who was number two that summer or number three number three number, number three three yeah because she was after i forget his name but he's a guy really but anyway Susanna <clears throat> is the one that has the signed door in Rao's office because she oh, played okay. bigger or better um, and got a door. Like, I don't know, on the country, middle of nowhere of Indiana. And then when she did deliveries, she had all her customers like sign the door. And so like, and Gwendy and I signed it. So that was kind of cool. And then I with Gwendy. Gwendy Lamoth was, well, Gwendy Hallett now, but Gwendy and Susanna's married as well. But so I lived with them and boy, was that different. So ton of fun. But like these girls have already had their routine established, right? And like, then the other one quits. And so I'm coming in and I'm like, hey, the funniest story. I told Wendy this. So one day, apparently I came home and I was being super neg. And so super negative. Everybody that's not book kids are like, why do you say neg? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a book kid thing. Just, like, right. and just so, get out of my HQ. Just get out of my HQ. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I'm saying something. And she swear to God, she looks at me and she just goes, you are being so neg right now. And just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> just straight to your face. <laughs> just like, doesn't even, like no negotiation. <laughs> no, like hey why don't we reframe that like such a good rookie hq response right like we're not taking any of your negative habits that you're going to bring in here like yeah, we're really. killing it which they they were like gwendy was a top first year that year like just yeah. totally it was just so funny because for me and the reason i'm sharing that story is like i something i learned from selling books was just like how much i complained and how negative i was and just a product of that's you know, how my dad is. And my mom was always deployed. So my dad raised me and like nothing against him, but that's just like a bad habit that I picked up. And so I didn't realize that I was always voicing like, oh, like, you know, whatever, like I'm cold, I'm cold. And I would just over and over and over. And it's like, okay, well, at some point if you're not going to do anything about it or if there's nothing to be done about it. Like nobody else wants to hear that. But like, I grew up here, I grew up hearing it. So like, to me, I didn't really understand that I was like being negative all the time. And so that was like the first clue in on my first summer of like oh wow like i have some sort of like negative trait that i need to work on <clears throat> so that was really cool but in a funny Whoa. way right she was so like i thought she was so bratty about it but like now we're best friends it was just hilarious well that's huge because like that's what the summer does is it just exposes your weaknesses and, and yes. allows you to make the choice of whether you're going to do something about them or not yeah you know yeah and it's like and you chose like all right if i'm going to do well at this i get a 
I got to figure this out about myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like figure out how to reframe it. And it's funny too, like talking about, you know, pushing, going back to like pushing back on parents, like now and in the past, I've been able to go to my dad and be like, okay, stop complaining. Like, I don't want to listen to you complain anymore. Like, cause it bothers me now. Right. Cause I, I'm so aware and I'm like, okay, well, we've already established that whatever went wrong and we're fixing it. So like, stop talking about it. Like, why are we beating it over and over in like that trap that we fall into? just makes us more miserable because misery loves company and i think that's part of it and so yeah it was just fascinating because now i'm like it's funny where i i will notice it a lot faster in other people because it, now it bothers me because now i know that that's how it used to be and i'm obviously not perfect but yeah just like one of the really cool stories that just came out of wendy just being like that's so nag and just walking away and i was shocked i was like in the kitchen like Did you just walk away from me like rude yeah it's 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 interesting it's interesting like that you learn these lessons so young and then that's yeah. really the values you carry on. Like how did your summer go after that? I mean, it had to- Oh, like... yeah. oh phenomenal. So yeah, moved into the Rick HQ, like got a new, my second um, county was like doing really well. I think I hit, I hit stake, like, I don't know, week six, like, so two weeks, I moved like f five weeks in to the summer. So like maybe week seven, I hit it. <clears throat> one day, which was like big for me because that was my first steak day. And then obviously like Susanna and Gwenny were killing it. We had a very unique schedule though. So I moved even more Southwest Indiana. And if you know anything about time zones, that's right where the time changes. So we lived and we lived with Wes Linetti, who was a book kid. Um, we lived with his parents. So yeah, fun thing. So they were super cool. Um, but anyway, we they lived in central time and that was my county so i worked central time we lived in central time but susanna and gwendy drove to the counties next door and they were eastern time oh okay so it was so they had to get up earlier right so yeah, yeah. so the, so at first we all stay on the same schedule but then i was like i'm getting up early and then having to sit around because i'm not gonna go knock on people's doors at 6 a.m like right no or seven or whatever, whatever. Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Earlier. And so what we did was they actually got up before me an hour before went to breakfast. I got up at my, you know, central time, five fifty nine, and I would meet them at the breakfast spot. We would do execs. They would leave. I would eat breakfast by myself. And then when it was time to go, I would go. Wow. Which to me, what, what? What about the end of the day? That's so trippy. At the end of the day, I was always home before them obviously because i was like done and they were like they were driving oh it was like it was crazy yeah oh <laughs> yeah so different time zones and then looking back that I, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal at the time i was like this just makes more sense and then like again you do your other summers and you look back and you're like that was weird <laughs> i'm so chill about that like that's kind of a big deal like to be sitting yeah, at by yourself like as a yeah. first year like relying on myself and I'm going to like not neg myself out while I'm eating breakfast. And I would just like read, um, oh my gosh, greatest salesman. Like that's literally all just like, or like <laughs> listen to know. like the positive voice messages that people were sending me. Like this is back before like our cell phones really even worked in the country very well. So there wasn't a lot of like social media, which is probably a good thing. That's probably why it was so fine. Cause I was like, well, there's nothing to do besides read my book. So I'm going to read my book and eat and then I'm going to go work. <laughs> That's epic. But then didn't you, you would lose an hour then at the end of the day because you would, when you would cross back over, it was an hour later. So like. Um, right? The girls would. So I stayed in central time and I worked in central time. 
Oh, that right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then they would they lost. That sucks. Or maybe it was that. Maybe that was Eastern time and they were Central. Regardless, they Somebody got up earlier. An hour. That's awesome. They got up earlier than I did. Yes, because our county we lived in like operated on Central time, but the counties next to it were I think Eastern. That is so, so trippy. So odd. Did you did you know China has one entire time zone? There's no like it's so big, but they only have one time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, at least, I don't know if they still do, but that, I learned that in college. Not, cool. not a tough lesson. I, I'm, but. <laughs> I don't know about one giant time zone, but we definitely need to get rid of daylight savings. And, yes. Uh, That's point. done too. I, don't, I agree. There's, I agree. There's no reason. So, okay. So then the summer crushed. And then did you know right away you wanted to come back? Or was it more like, no. I'm never doing this again? So I like wanted to. Okay, but then that was Bernard's last summer and he was a big reason why I was there, like a great leader. And then I found out he wasn't coming back. And then my parents reacted so negatively afterward, even though I had like all these things to show for it. Granted, like I was pretty miserable during the summer. Like I definitely called my dad a lot. I definitely relied on my dad. He definitely gave me a lot of pep talks. As much as he didn't want me to be there, like he wasn't gonna let me quit. But you know, the typical like roller coaster of emotions, like I rode the highs and boy, did I ride the lows. Like there was no middle ground. I got it done, but it was not, it was not fun. Um, even though I look back at it, I'm like, that was fun. Like it was really, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like while I was in it, it was not fun. And so, no, I, I um, after that, I was like, well, like, I don't know. Cause I, I was like, I'm not going to go back if I don't recruit. Like that's silly. Right. And I was like, I don't want to go back. So yeah, it took me a while. I didn't decide until, so I didn't even go to GRS one. And then I decided like, I don't know, maybe a month before GRS two, I'm not really sure exact timing, but like right before that I wanted to come back. Didn't even tell Rao yet, like showed up to GRS two. And then when I had my like one-on-one -on -one with him, I was like, okay, I'm coming back. And I think he was like genuinely shocked because you know I had like showed no interest. Like, hadn't learned the sales talk like i wasn't participating in meetings like because i was just like oh i don't think i'm doing that again and i don't know i just like felt like that's what i was supposed to do like uh, so, yeah it was totally random obviously wow. hadn't recruited didn't recruit anybody my second summer um yeah it was a mess my second summer was interesting <laughs> well yeah like let's carry on let's go through let's go through some of the highlights of two three four and five that that, that you've that you think were like, hey, this is crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> crazy from number two was probably halfway through the summer. Um, it not really working out that great because I was working um, like city neighborhoods and I only ever worked like deep country, which I definitely prefer. And I just did not adjust well to working neighborhoods and- Territory matters. Yes, and getting yelled at and just yes. people being so mean to me i was yeah, like city why? People are... yeah i had not built that like tough bone so uh, they moved me like orcs and so then i went to indiana to work with mike winans and shane weathers but the kicker was i'm <laughs> i moved into a house um with i don't even know if this is my second summer it might be my third i get them mixed up i think it's my second but anyway i moved into uh an hq with three guys oh that's trippy too so also weird. yeah i have a very like mellow book experience like i don't have any wild stories but like i have interesting things that like happen so yeah so i moved in with um tyler Wait, tyler i don't know i don't remember and like three first years right okay. so 
we move in, I move into this, like they're living in this empty, I don't even know what to call it. Not, it, it was like an empty retail space almost that had like, cause it was connected to other units, but it had like a shower and like they were using bullet bear mattresses. Anyway, I moved in for like two weeks there and then they found themselves like an actual HQ with a family. So that was great. So then I moved in with them. And then a week after that, Tyler's like, oh, I ran out of turf. I'm going to go somewhere else. So now it's me living with three first year book kids. Okay. Three first year book kids from Texas. I'm like not having a hot summer. So I'm like, I'm not a good leader for you. Like, this is the reason I'm here. Um, Cause I need to change. And so anyway, that was interesting. We ate I'm just along with you guys. <laughs> I'm taking out. We, we ate at Chuck's stop every morning. And I just remember because they're all from Texas, right? So like I'm eating oatmeal, you know, just like typical. And they're like ordering like the fried steak and they're just like pouring hot sauce on it. (laughs) What is going on here? It was just so wild. Like so many of them were off schedule. Like my host mom would be like, yeah, so-and-so came home and played video games with my kid. And I was like, cool. (laughs) They're they're not supposed to do that. But I do not have any, one, I don't have any say because I'm not their manager. I'm not even like in their org. And two, like I have no room to say anything because I'm not having a hot summer. So like, I'm just going to yeah. be quiet. So I just was like bunking up with these kids basically. Yeah, that was interesting. So that was, yeah. 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 But I got I got pretty off schedule my third summer. It was like way off schedule. I was like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get I get why. So I understand why that happens, man. Sometimes you mm-hmm. just got to have fun. I mean, yeah. I don't recommend it if you want to make money. If you no. want to go, don't do it. But if don't you want to have it. fun in the summer, get a schedule for once in a while. It's not, it's not bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that was one of the ones where, like, I waited till the end of the summer to decide I, like, really wanted to do something and then hit I want to win because I was like, here we go. Uh, I was like, at least I want to remember this a little better than it went. Um, so that was my second summer. And then after that, I knew I was coming back. I recruited one person in school to come back with me for my third summer. This is my senior year. Um, another summer where started in a state with an org, not working out, moved to a different one. So I started in Ohio, right outside of Toledo. I don't have very many nice things to say about Ohio. So if you're from Ohio, I'm sorry. It was not a good time. (laughs) Okay, so we're talking like country, a country county outside of Ohio, like people living in like, you know, country houses, so like nothing to brag about. They were mean. Oh, they were mean. So again, oh, like I'm just like this soft, fragile person, apparently, because I'm just like crying because I can't do it. So I'm like, I need country, like I need real country. So then it, I don't know, four weeks in, whatever, five weeks in, I got moved into Amy Pagosi's work in Kentucky. So now, so now I'm Kentucky again, but I'm, I'm West Kentucky. So we're like Owensboro like area and I move in with Amy. So like, this is great. Cause I'm a manager. I should not be living with an OL, but I am. So I'm like, and I know Amy and she's like a best friend. So I'm like, this is great. So I'm having a grand old time. Wendy. Yes. Gwendy is in her org as a manager. So like now I get to see Gwendy like every Sunday. So like having a grand old time. <clears throat> um, and yeah, so that one was fun. And then at one point, like, I don't think Gwendy moved in. Yeah. Anyway. So I have a lot of weird living situations that I'm thinking about. I have, I have more to share from, from other summers. Yeah. A lot of weird HQs. Yeah. Yeah, like Danny. things are like, you just aren't really supposed to happen. It's not really a big deal, but like, you know, they're not supposed to. So whatever. Hey, we all um, love a good HQ story. Danny had Danny one time when he was on the show and he told us that he like stayed in a school. This family had bought a school 
if you haven't listened to that episode, I if and you're listening, go check it out sometime. It's hilarious. It's like they, they, he lived in a school <laughs> with cool. a family. Yeah. So I'm I'm all about the weird the weird HP situations. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, we definitely had like first years staying with us. You know, even even the boys. It was kind of like I think Amy would be like, "It's the halfway house." I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should call it that, but. Anyway, so that, that was fun. Um, that was the summer that I hit the magic number, which I'll talk about later. I think it's more of like a funny okay. story. But, um, and like, I want to win all that fun stuff. And then my what summer we on? fourth summer, I went to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> and that's when I worked with Meredith Gardner. She was my OL. Um, and Chase Bridwell, Bridwell and I were like kind of co-AOLs. It was so much fun. That, that summer I brought out a team of six, um, cause I was full-timing. That was my first summer full-timing. Um, so that was fun. And four of them ended up finishing. So that was pretty good too. But yeah, that was also weird. Again, started out in my own HQ as the manager with my own people and then literally moved turfs. And then I went to live with Meredith. So now I'm living with my OL again. <laughs> and then with, at one point, another manager and a first year. I mean, at one point, two, man like three managers and, and Meredith. So like just all over the place. Um, that summer was like, okay. I, that summer like could have been great, but I just chose not to make it great. Um, if Mark Rout ever watches this, he like... <laughs> we got like had beef like at the end because he's always like you have so much talent and you just don't want to put it to work and it really sucks because there's people that would like pay to have your talent but you just like won't go to work and i'm like yeah you're right oh shit <laughs> like, so you, yep. you don't keep in touch with rao and no <laughs> oh, i mean oh. i see it every now and then if i'm at the company but no i don't like keep keep in touch i didn't i didn't finish my last summer so hot that was just a disaster well, like, we'll so let's yeah. for another time. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how did uh how did how did you come back to for a fifth? Like, what the heck made you turn around? <laughs> so it wasn't like the fourth wasn't like terrible. I mean, I still did well. I hit. I want to win. So like, I knew I wanted to, to full time like one more time, um, and really build it. So I recruited. I moved. To, I recruited at FSU. So I full timed with Chase. Bridwell and um, Gabs Hartman. That was fun. So we all yeah. lived. Yeah. Uh, we need to FSU. get them on. Yeah. Get them on the show. Yes. Good. Thank I went you for to, reminding me. I went to enemy territory school wide with FSU. <laughs> I still recruited from there. I visited. I know. But most of my team was from FSU that summer. And um, yeah, recruited, recruited eight people. <clears throat> was like co OL my last summer in New York. And again, just, man, I don't think the southerners need to sell up north because it's just like this people just are not the same it was rough again Damn. just like the people that are like what do you want what do you want what do you want just rude i'm like i don't know how to get past this like you know you're knocking on doors in indiana and kentucky and like so many people would be like come on in i'm like you don't know who i am and they're yeah. like come on in anyway and i'm like they're like what are you doing i'm like i'm selling books and they're like great sit down you know like you literally could say yeah. that you like are you hungry yeah right they're gonna like yeah. and then the like north they're just they're not they're not that way yeah dude i sold in massachusetts that shit Ooh. is like outside of boston it's, it's no no <laughs> it's it's rough man 
kids like the, all the forest kids like matt atchison down like we you know we all sold in massachusetts and it, it's that's a rough summer but yeah. you learn a lot so yeah that's yeah. it's good that you did that it's good that you yeah. did that it was good. I knew it was my last summer, which probably didn't help either. I was like, we're going to do one more to be done. And that, you know, you kind of mentally check out and, uh, yeah, yeah, things fell apart. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of first years, like off schedule. So funny story about that. Uh, when you're training your student managers, you know, at sales school and you're like, Hey, we do some sort of warning about like, we don't want our first years like getting in chats, right? And like talking to each other and like making their own chat. Right. And so we say something around, I don't even know what it is, but one of our student managers like thought that we were supposed to like tell them not to. So then by telling them not to, we gave them the idea because if they don't know it, they won't do it, right? And so we were like, right. no, you didn't, that's not what we said. And now, and then they did, and then they were meeting up and then it just, yeah. And so we we're like, <laughs> so I'm like, I wonder if this started here. Cause I, I don't know Parties. how, how we, so yeah, that was, um, that was interesting. A lot of things fell apart because of that, yeah. Victoria Olas, one of our, I think it was Victoria Olas, but she told us that there are, Meredith somebody told us that they went and like there was like a whole party that they were doing like in a, like they one of the managers got invited and then she went and got off schedule but then when she got there there was like a whole group of first years and a couple managers or something, you know, like just hanging out drinking beer at a park or something <laughs> and so she saw and she's like oh screw this I'm gonna go back to work and she ended up doing who was that I think it was Victoria Olas somebody somebody uh in the early episodes but it's so funny because <laughs> like those chats happen yeah so, well you know, ideally you don't give them the idea and then they go do it, but which, yeah, I guess I on a podcast now I'm telling everyone the idea if they ever go so uh, but anyway, I'm sure it happens anyway. Cause now everybody's on their phone. I think that was a lot too, right? Like my first summer, like I said, we didn't really have phones that even worked barely. Like you definitely didn't even have like Instagram yet or like, you yeah. know, this wasn't around. And so there wasn't a lot of distraction, but then as we went through our summer, it was like, we had smartphones and we had internet access. I'm like, here's way more ways to get distracted. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. And the Facebook, the Facebook pages hadn't started like the, you know, yes, Kim, exactly. the girl hadn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah. Not our first summer. So we weren't, we were still now using everybody has one. written, written receipts. Yeah. Yeah. I we, remember we complaining paper about bars. That. Yeah. Like our second summer, I was like, I want my receipt book. Like, I don't want to do everything on a pet. Like there's just something about like filling in your 10 orders every morning. And I'm like, like in dating them, you're like, I'm going to get 10 customers today. Like as cheesy yeah. as I thought that was like when I bought into it, I like still, I just felt better about my day. Like, I don't know. It was just, it worked. Especially when you got the first one, you're like, oh, baby. Yes. That's and you can like bad. write fun things on the front pad. It's like, I love my job. And that was like so stupid and corny. Yeah. My manager did it. So I did it. And thinking it back, I remember people, I could see that they were looking at it and going, huh. And like it, it was like reaffirming to them that like, you know, I was doing something good yeah. and like, it'd be like, because it was just so much like positive. Yeah. And I'm like filling up my customer, like my, my, customer sheet and I'm like color coded and I'm like you have middle schoolers so you get to be in purple and like you know it's like letting yeah. them write it just like all those like really cheesy things that I think actually did make a difference because I would notice people noticing like it was very obvious to me that they were like yeah huh interesting like okay on that on that too like when you 
when you did that, like it, it's interesting because nowadays, you know, you move on from Southwestern and we'll get to this right now, yeah. but, but when you move on, you know, you think, why is it, why, why do I, why do I not still do that kind of thing that works? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why don't I have sticky notes all over my desk saying like, you're awesome. It's going to be a great day. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's interesting that we stop doing some of those little things that are so important to yeah. success, you know? And so, huh. Anyway, so speaking of that, so what happened? So you're done and we'll get to what you're doing now. So tell us, fill us in on like last summer and then in between. And how, yeah. how did you get here? Yeah. Where, where yeah. are you? So <clears throat> finished up my last summer it was 2016. And I was like, time to go get a real job because <laughs> I'm not selling books anymore. And I interviewed at a couple companies. So I looked at um, a recruiting company called Aerotech because my sister-in-law worked there and um, I liked recruiting book kids. So I was like, I probably could be a recruiter. <clears throat> and then I also interviewed with um, Great American, which is a little different now than they were before. And then um, <clears throat> interviewed with Tom James. And so Tom James is where I ended up going um, in Orlando. So moved to Orlando to go trade selling books for selling suits. <laughs> yeah. So that was crazy. Um, there were a couple book kids in that office that I knew. So like Lathan Bramell, who I worked with my second summer was working there. Um, TJ Heil, who I never like worked with, but was like with the Jenny New Lathan like era. Um, he was working there. And then the guy managing the office was a book kid like prior. And so that was kind of cool to have like people that understood like the book mentality. And like, you know, Tom James is like pretty much, it's not a sister company, but it's like a sister company. <clears throat> but anyway, so I did that. Um, that was cool because I got to meet probably my favorite part about that job was like getting to meet people that did like so many random jobs that like obviously made them a lot of money doing them, but you didn't know existed. Like you would be amazed, th like the types of jobs that these people are making like two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're like, you do what? So that was really cool. Cause we just got to call on like business people and sell them suits. I mean, it was, you know, what were they doing? Was it like some, this person needs a suit? He's selling pictures of his feet or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Like this thing's like, I mean, some like engineers, but like weird things. Like I remember some guy like owned the patent for like the metal that they put on. It wasn't my customer, but the metal that they put on buildings to keep like electricity or like, or, like lightning from hitting the buildings, like a deterrent. Oh, just like all sorts. I don't know. Just like random things. Like other than like a doctor, a lawyer, you know, whatever, like those things that you hear about growing up where it's like, what do you want to be? And like, you get pitched the same, like six things, like just learning that, that there are so many other jobs out there. <clears throat> Cause I think a big thing that's, and this is like kind of a tangent, but I think there's a big, like, what do I want to call it? Opportunity, empty space for education, for high schoolers, college students, wherever you want to put it of like what they can do with their life. Because again, like growing up, you hear like, you know, I want to be a police officer, a firefighter, a veterinarian, a doctor, a lawyer. Like you don't hear like, oh, I want to be a project manager for whatever. Or like I want to do like UI UX design or like uh, just so random, like just any job. Um, you just don't, I don't know. You just, there's not really a lot of like, re there's not like a body of research around it or like a website that you can go to that like has like almost every job that exists or like the types, like I, I don't think. Um, yeah. I can't, I mean, I haven't found it if there is. <clears throat> so 
anyway, I just thought that was fascinating because I was learning about like what other people do and like from a sales background, like that's fun, right? It's like, well, tell me more about what you do, but like the higher side of things, right? Because when you're knocking on doors, I mean, you, you talk to people from all different walks of life, but like certainly when they're selling suits, like they don't need custom clothing. So I'm like talking to people that are usually doing pretty well, right? Like can afford what I do right. for the most part. By the way, we're not sponsored by Tom James, mm. but we could be. If you, guys want to, if you guys want to hook us up with some suits to wear on every episode. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm down. I'm down. There you go. I've still there got, go. sadly, so many suits in my closet that I don't get to oh. wear anymore because now I work fully remote and I like, you know. You don't want to. Yeah, same. I start in a cardigan. And I'm like, I mean, I kind of want to because they're really nice. Like I want to wear them, but I have no way to wear them too. So I'm like, these are probably just like collect us for the end of time but they're like cut you know all customized and they've got super nice like, quote on it and like you know all the fun things but that was fun um i actually got into a bad car accident somebody rear-ended me on the way home from work and almost totaled my car like the guy was like you were in a thousand dollars totaling your car like if you didn't have a sports edition toyota camry like this would have been done so <clears throat> got a really bad car accident and it was painful for me to drive. Like, that's what I did. I drove to my clients all day long. Like I was in the car, I was, you know, wearing heels in a suit, hauling around like a 30 pound, like suitcase, you know, like for clothing swatches and clothing. And so I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, I need like desk job <laughs> where I can sure. sit and like move around how I sit. Cause that was a thing. Like if I could move, it was fine. But when you're driving, like you have to sit, you can't change that. Right. Like you have to sit in one certain way. And so anyway, so I was like, what am I going to do with my life? So I left Tom James, like interviewed for a while. And I was like, why don't I go be a recruiter? So I'm like, okay, how's the easiest way I can do this? Like, well, Southwestern has a recruiting company called Thinking Ahead. So there I went. And that's how I went from Orlando to Nashville. So, cause I didn't have any ties to Orlando. Like I just moved there cause I wanted to stay in Florida. But like Orlando's not that cool. Sorry, anybody that's from Orlando, like <laughs> it's it's boring. Like they got Disney World and that's I, it. Yeah, like there's a nightlife, but like you're landlocked. So like, what's the point of being in Florida if you can't go to the beach? First of all, let's start there. And I also grew up like on the water on the beach in Florida, so that is probably why I feel this way. But some people's I'm, kids, some people's kids, like you know, on a boat and jet skis, you know, all the fun things. So I was like, there's nothing to do here. Like it's just Disney and that's it. So anyway, I was like, I'll move to Nashville. Sure. Like I know a couple people would have moved up there and like David had just moved up and started the, you know, Southwestern insurance and Chase had moved up to join him. I was like, I know enough people, like it'll be fun. You know, Nashville's like second home because of Salesforce. So anyway. And yeah. also the home base for third home. Uh, and the home base, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. So I moved to Nashville became a recruiter and I've just stayed a recruiter since I've been with a couple other companies, but I literally just started three days ago. So on Tuesday, so this is my third day with a company called refine labs. They are a marketing company. So they're a demand accelerator for business to business software sales companies. So they like help business to business software sales companies, like refine their marketing and make sure they're tracking the right, um, the right metrics and help them get better revenue. I mean, essentially. So I'm their first talent advisor, which is really fun. They've been around since 2019 and they've got like 50 people and really aggressive plans for growth. So coming in as a first recruiter is really exciting. Um, also very stressful. We literally are implementing 
a new software, like an applicant tracking system, which like I actually had part of my first day. They were like, here's some tasks we need you to do in here. And I'm like, cool. Like nobody knows how to use it. They're like, you're going to come in and learn how to use it. And you're going to teach yourself how to use it. I'm like, great. Great. Um, so yeah so it's so we're all learning it together super fun um but it's been crazy but it's like everything i wanted to do like i wanted i wanted to be able to build out processes and say hey we should try this or here's where we should go you know in this direction because my my mind is very um i don't want to say like it's analytical but i'm just like i'm always thinking about like what can we make better more efficient like, does this work or can we tweak it? Like, it's natural for me. That's like a personality trait. And so, you know, a lot of companies don't like that, right? They have their processes, like the good old, you know, like, it is how like it is. yeah, like even in Southwestern, it's like, it's been around for a hundred years and we've done it this way. And this is the way we're always going to do it. And I'm like, that's great to an extent. However, if we want to grow, we want to scale, we're going to have to take a look at some of these things. Like just because it works doesn't mean it can't work better. But again, a lot of companies don't like that. And so being with like basically a tech startup, they're all about that. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, what do you got? Let's try this. If not, like we'll move on and we'll try something different. And so for me, that's really exciting. And the chance to like grow a team. And I've also only been an agency recruiter, meaning like I worked at a recruiting agency. So I was recruiting for any client that would pay the agency a fee to fill the role. So now I'm a corporate recruiter, so I'm only recruiting for Refine Labs. So I get to build the team in Refine Labs as opposed to like calling random companies and saying, hey, so you have a posting open, pay me 30% fee of their starting salary and I'll fill it for you. You know what I mean? Like it's a totally different right. model. So, yeah. Yeah, heck yeah, man. This is, this is a woman. That's amazing. <laughs> 2021, you gotta do well, you know, whatever. You know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> some people's kids um that's that's insane so so this is like it's very very new and i i knew like when we booked you for the mm -hmm. show it was like you were still kind of like just you're you hadn't started yet like yeah it was just like about to be started it was that, i was like holy cow you're on the move yeah on the move so that's exciting are, are there are there any like was there like a book connection there that you how you got in there or was it just random no i literally went on linkedin jobs and was looking for like a new role and <clears throat> just came across them and i was like this wow. seems really cool and like went to their website and their career page and they had really great videos on culture and you know of course like stalking the senior leadership and it just was very apparent to me like all my non-negotiables they just met especially with like culture like it was funny my dad was asking me the other day he was like what do you mean by culture like what does that mean because like you know like the older generation is like they're just like not they don't think about job fit the same way we do they're like are we going to get paid well and like can yeah. i do it great like sign me up like i don't care if my boss is an asshole whereas we're like no like i want a good company culture you're going to treat me right you're going to be work-life balance like my parents really don't I don't think, think about it that way. And so I was like, I don't know, like culture, like, what do you mean? You don't what, how do I explain this? But like, <laughs> and you know, you always ask that when you interview, you're like, can you tell me about the culture? And you get like the canned, like we value work-life balance and like we value innovation. It's like, but do you really, or are you just yeah. saying that? Yeah, that's what we all say. And so just, I don't even know how I can explain that they were so good at it, but just the way that they wrote and shared on LinkedIn, and just, I, I mean, and they would point blank say things like, um, 
you know, uh, one of them is psychological safety, which I've never heard before. It was very, very unique. And so we might get into a little more like HR recruiting stuff right here, but like the um, COO is like very big on like, you know, creating a culture like where everyone has like psychological safety, like meaning like you're safe to be like really who you are. Like you're not having to hide like your opinions and your values and all things because like of office politics basically is like the best way I can explain it to someone who's not in recruiting and doesn't think about that all the time. And so it just, yeah, it just hit, it it, it hit all my non-negotiables. Like it checked them all off and I was like, great. Like this is, this is where I want to be. So, um, that it was interesting though. Yeah. I was interviewing like a ton. That was not, I was going to, did did they ask you about your experience with Southwestern? Like, because I've applied since I've applied for jobs that didn't or weren't familiar with Southwestern. And okay, they, that is so always odd. ask. Okay, so you know, growing up in Southwestern, they're like everybody's going to ask you about this. No, they didn't ask you. Oh, interesting. They did. They did. Refine Labs did, but like Amazon did it. Amazon doesn't care. <laughs> Amazon doesn't care what you did. You just got to pass their interview process. Like Robert Half did it. I mean, obviously Tom James and thinking ahead, like not really, they don't need to, but like, yeah, I was just amazed. Like it, it and, and other people interview, you know, I interviewed for other companies, like, no, like a surprising amount of people oh. in companies would not ask. Like, I think in the, I have to go back and look how many interviews I did, but with different companies, I probably interviewed with like 15 to 20 companies. And I would say, I think like two or three asked. Which that was weird. I, all, of, all of the ones I've ever applied for that had no book connections, like asked. Yeah, which I think they should. Because like, I mean, yeah. from like a recruiting background, like if you're a good recruiter, like if I'm looking at stuff like, and it's not like, it just says like, I sold books. I mean, I've got like a lot of metrics on there. So it's like something that you usually deep dive into when people have metrics on their resume. You're like, tell me more about that. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, I've been like, selfishly disappointed that i've gotten asked a lot less than i wish about like tell me about southwestern because you know it's fun like that's part of like selling books because they build it up and they're like oh you're gonna be able to tell people like i knocked on doors 80 hours a week like in the rain <laughs> you know and in like, the sun at the same in the time sun. <laughs> yeah like uh oh fun fact about rain did not rain once my first summer so oh. it was a draft it was a drought. There was a drought in 2012. I got to watch all the, I remember my, hire, uh, my, my hiring manager, my um, student manager, Erin Yonke, when we got like out of the field, she's like, oh, we get to watch the corn grow. No, I watched the corn <laughs> die that summer. <laughs> it was, was so no corn. Everyone was broke. It was all dead. Yes. So they were all Amish or broke. And they were all Amish or broke. Yep. So I thought that was funny, but yeah. So my second summer when it started raining, I was like, I don't know how to work in the rain. Like I haven't had to. It's a trip. Yeah. Like the two times it, it, it rained like two times my first summer, you know, for like 20 minutes and I was always in a house. You know what I mean? Like it, it honestly, yeah. like total drought, big deal. It didn't wow. rain. Gas prices were like $4 in Indiana. It was nuts. <laughs> it's, it's $4 in Portland right now. Ew. In Portland. And That's where you are. Yeah. Why are you in Portland? I love Portland. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a, they're crazy, but it's fun. And I had to see about a girl. So uh, there you go. Right. <laughs> well, it's not quite as bad in Tennessee, but it's higher than people. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so Portland right? is awesome. Anyway, so so okay. So then, so you. But the, what did they ask you in your interview then? Because your current employers, they, they, they yeah. They, I mean, they she, 
yeah she just was like okay what is this like book thing tell me about this book thing and I, I, you know, <laughs> I, just, uh, I just told her like I don't know you try to like not get too into beer like yeah that was a summer sales internship and I went to a different state every summer and like literally sold educational books but basically like door to door like I got a county and you just knocked on doors and it was 80 hour a week straight commission <laughs> did it for five summers because then they're always like, want to know, like, well, why did you leave? And I'm like, because it's not really a real job. It's not a career. I mean, it's you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I always thought that was funny. I remember my first interview with Aerotech, and I'm just totally unprepared because they're like behavioral interviewing questioning me. And I'm like, I have no interviewing experience. Like, I thought you were just going to ask me about Southwestern and I just blow you away. And they're like, why should we hire you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> But, but I'm like telling them about it and they're just like, hmm, okay, like totally not impressed. And I'm like, man, it's letting me down. Don't let this deter you from sleep. Oh. I think normally it's pretty cool, but the people that I've interviewed with didn't really think it was very cool. That's so funny. It's funny that you say that because you're like, it's not a real job. It's like, it's an internship. So you do <laughs> learn a ton. Yeah. Yes. 99% people... of people don't make it. Like they're not going to be all DSMs. Like Right. And that's why I tell them, like, you can like be a DSM, but you have to build a base. So that also requires kids coming back and you, you can't exactly control people. Like really? Yeah. You know I mean, like, so I was like, oh, I like wanted to go get a career. Like it wasn't a forever job. It was just a, here's a way to make money and you can full-time recruit while you do it. But like, um, yeah, anyway, yeah. people are that's always hilarious. It's just funny when they ask, cause they're like, so why'd you leave? You know, and they kind of do it like that. Like, why'd you leave? And I'm like, cause it's, it's so not great. a real job. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny cause when you're in an interview and they ask you about it, like, like, okay, when you're trying to recruit someone at the Southwestern, you're like, it's amazing college credit, get the travel, yeah. communication skills, money, sizzler, blah. Yeah. Um, and then when you're trying to describe it to someone who's recruiting you, who's asking you about the experience, it's the exact opposite. You're like, at the, at the info, they're like, you know, referral systems in front of an employer, you're like, door to door 90 degrees 85 <laughs> hours a week you're gonna cry every day uphill both ways like the whole the whole shit dogs pee on your bag Had yeah to you're gonna get to live yeah you're gonna to get a different bit. part of the country yeah bit by dogs <laughs> made made thirty thousand dollars number 12 baby what like that's yeah you're trying to yeah three thousand people do it right whatever yeah yeah you like hilarious. build it up yeah but they they i mean but they both like are true it. right and both yeah. are true both are true because <laughs> then you go to sizzler or whatever speaking of which yeah do you want to share the news oh i get to share it you can if you want to oh heck yeah all right okay. do, you want me, do you want me to pull up that pdf i had it on earlier so you can yeah yeah and then uh, remind me i have um interesting more interesting stories about all my summers oh yeah yeah, we, yeah we're gonna get how into they it weren't wild like how they were so like how it took so long to do certain yeah. things and we you. still have to talk about isogenics right because that was a mass yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely i got you i got you yeah. got time boom here we go you want to tell people about this bizzler <laughs> business sizzler best sizzler we don't know yet <laughs> whatever whatever coming to a uh, resort in Cancun, August 2022. So alumni only. So if you are still selling books, I'm sorry. Go to your own Sizzler. This is for yeah. this is Bizzler. This is Bizzler. This is for the badasses that have already sold books that are done selling books, otherwise known as alumni, to go to Bizzler. Yeah, it's gonna be if great. You, if you're still selling books, you're not one of us. You're not. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an exclusive club. You're not one of us. We need you so, to drink the Kool-Aid first. Yeah, and then it's okay. It's good Kool-Aid though. It so is Kool-Aid. It's got good sugar. It's a good yeah, you just gotta get to the other side. That's right. Let me post and if you guys are listening, uh and while we're taking this break, we just we're all over the place, but it's good. I'm gonna post that I'm gonna post that uh I'm going to post that form if you want to hear more about this or get more details and let yeah. us know what you think of it. We're taking we're doing a like a little Google form that you can fill out and, uh, you know, kind of figure out if this is your trip or not. So, I mean, obviously that, it is. I mean, it should be if if, if, it, if it's not, you're wrong. But um, right. Right, here we go. It's on the comments now. You can fill that out. Go to that and then uh, check it out. Um, Cool. So, all right. So let's go back to, we got some, do you want to do isogenics first or tell some stories? It's up to you. Um, <clears throat> I'll go isogenics since we were still talking about like what I'm doing now. So also yeah. have been, yeah, slinging isogenics. Well, slinging. I don't know about slinging. Amanda has high, high words for me. I'm just like over here. Just No, she it. told me you're crushing it. Now here's the thing. You're a humble person and you wouldn't like to help people, but you wouldn't huh. say it like this, but you're kicking some ass. So huh. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're crushing. She told me. I was like, oh, shit. She's killing it. <laughs> it so, is, uh, it's been great. It's been great. I've been using everything since August 2020. So like a little over a year now on the collagen. Got my boyfriend on the collagen. Obviously, we're trying to keep him young. You know, I told him. He's like, why are you so obsessed with like keeping my face nice. I'm like, listen, like I'm half Asian. Like I, you are, you are going to age at twice the rate that I will. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, I'm just trying to keep you looking good. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Sorry about it. But anyway, I joke. So yeah. So working the business with her, <laughs> that's been fun to like, kind of get the, the, the entrepreneurial like sales side out somewhere. Cause like I moved to recruiting and I stayed in recruiting cause I didn't want to do like hardcore direct sales. I mean, recruiting is still, believe me, definitely sales. Like you are still selling people on an opportunity, but it's, it's way softer. You know, it's, it's not, again, you're not selling a product. Um, but I kind of like missed some of that. And so I said, this has been like the fun side thing and just sharing something that I'm, you know, products that I've been using and loving and I'm continue to use anyway. So it's been a fun way to like build a side business and kind of get those other streams of income flowing as well while I'm still, younger in my 20s and like trying to set myself up for financial success later so thank you all those things hell yeah that's amazing yeah so what of of, of the things that you learned in southwestern i mean because there's a ton right what, what would you say are the ones that like have helped you the most with what you're currently doing like maybe someone is looking to get into something like you're doing maybe they're looking into getting into recruiting or or maybe it's just like a little bit of advice that you can give based on your current experience with your both of your you know, your projects that you got going. Yeah. Hmm. If I'm going to relate it to recruiting, but honestly, probably any career, I think, <clears throat> I think is the power of being pleasantly persistent. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know, but it's like totally just a book field thing. Like, I think I learned a lot of that also from Tom James and thinking ahead, but again, book companies essentially, right? Like same thing. So yeah, I just, I'm amazed at the amount, like, yeah, especially in recruiting where people are not persistent. Like, I'll give you an example for one, just super simple, like negotiating your compensation. I mean, like nobody oh. does it, nobody does it. And like most hiring managers expect it. 
and and we want you to like I, there's this like bad rap like recruiters like they just want to lowball you and give you the lowest number i'm like well that's probably not a company that you want to work for then like you want to go somewhere that like values you so you should be negotiating and put so that's a, it's to me that's being pleasantly persistent like asking for what you're worth or like coming back and asking again and i think that's just super valuable and i think in southwestern even as simple as like wanting a first approach and a second approach it's just the same thing reworded but you would be amazed in business and in life how much that works if you just ask again but in a different way yeah okay Expl and explain that maybe dive into this because there's probably people listening who haven't thought about this and it, to <clears throat> you and i make sense but maybe like yeah what, what do you mean by that like asking again but in a different or the approach yeah, like thing. second approach yeah 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 so like in Southwestern, when you knock on someone's door, you'll say, you know, you'll introduce yourself and what you're doing and ask them to sit down and they'll be like, oh no. And you basically just like take a step back and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like you haven't heard about me yet. And like reword everything you just said and then ask to sit down again. And they're like, yeah. Like I can't <laughs> say how many times. And you're like, you just told me no, because you're natural. I mean, think about like, we got taught this at Southwestern. Like you walk into a retail store and the person walks up and be like, can I help you with something? And you're always like, no. And then like five minutes later, you're like, I need help, right? Cause like your natural inclination is to say no. And so I think like we learn that, right? As, and even as kids, like we're told no, 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 no all the time. And so then like, again, even as simple as like a recruiting example, like you just not, you just don't think to persist or mm. like go the extra step to like look different. Um, I could probably go down like seven rabbit holes with that. But anyway, yeah, I think just like to, I mean, that's super yeah. valuable. This is super yeah, valuable. I yeah, I just think the power of persistence and like even in, well, this might be important because anybody could be listening. I mean, the job market is hot right now. Like if you go on LinkedIn, all the like the side articles are like, it's the great resignation. So this is fun because I'm a recruiter. So I, this is relevant to the world. It's a candidate market, meaning candidates have the upper hand right now when you're interviewing, like you companies cannot keep good talent and there's a couple reasons for it um one being them not wanting to adjust their ways to allowing for remote work because we're proving that that can be done and we have proved it for the last year and a half or two years wherever we're at now and how long we've been locked down i don't know um sure. i've lost track and um also because i think again our generation the generation below us are are willing to stand up a little bit more than the generations before and say hey like we're not going to put up with this. Like we're going to, we, we need life balance. Like you're going to care about our mental health. Like you're not just going to treat me like crap and expect me to stay. Like you, you are going to pay me what I'm worth. And there's a lot more like salary transparency, which I'm all for like, because, but you know, I don't think somebody doing the same job should be getting paid 20 grand more just because you didn't know. So you didn't ask, like it makes zero sense to me. So anyway, um, I forgot where I was going with that. I went down that. Yeah, I like went down the rabbit hole. But, so <laughs> it's okay. talking about, I was talking about the power of persistence and then going into yeah. like LinkedIn. And so you said it was a candidate market because that oh, way yes. people have the power. Yes. So it's a candidate market. Change. Yeah. So even like with being persistent or being creative with ways, like there are so many ways that you have the upper hand <clears throat> and just getting creative about how you're like looking for a job, right? Because there's so many people I'll see on LinkedIn. They're like, I'm burnt out. I've been looking for a job for three months. Like people just keep telling me, no, I'm just getting rejected. And it's like, okay, well, what are you, 
what are you doing about it? Like, this is a candidate market. Like you really, I mean, barring certain industries, of course, cause there are some where it's not, but for the most part, like you have the upper hand. So it's like, look up who the hiring manager is and like message them, like send them a message. Like I got a message that I was copied on from a candidate that we declined. And it was like amazing. Cause they were like, oh, I really want to work for this company. And like, it would mean a lot to me. And what, that, what do I, what did I do wrong? So I can improve next time. Like it's a dream of mine to work here. Like you don't get, you don't get those emails from candidates. Like even, I don't even think that I probably would have had the guts sometimes when I was interviewing somewhere, if I really wanted the job to like send that to hmm. back to the interviewer, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. from the other side, from someone who's doing the hiring, like that really stood out to me. Like that's somebody that I want to keep on my radar, whether we change our mind and hire them or keep in touch with them later, you know, or keep them higher on our radar. Like any way that you can distinguish yourself, I think is huge right now. I don't, I think I was going somewhere else with that too, but I kind of forgot, but it's just, yeah, it's interesting right now being in recruiting and watching like all the change and, um, I need to make a tick. I need to make a TikTok account for it. I've like contemplated it. Like all these fun, yeah. like, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but there's all these fun people just like, and it's usually making fun of like corporate work, you know what I mean? And, they, yeah. and it's, I'm like, oh man, I could just pile these out, you know, from a recruiter's perspective too. And just anyway, I don't know. I don't know where That's I was going. Awesome. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's good to hear you talk about what you're doing because you're knowledgeable in it and, and, and something that you, you're experienced with. And so this is something that most people don't really hear about. Like if, if, you, if, if you're someone that just came out of the book field, especially, or even mm-hmm. if you've been around for, you know, if you've been out of the book field for a long time and you're, and you're switching things up because of COVID, like things have changed yeah. and this is just as relevant as ever to hear about. So I'm game to have you talk about it as much as you want to talk about it. Um, we can also move towards some stories. Uh, it doesn't have to be like the pony story at the end, but if you got, I mean, if you got time to share some of those things, uh, some more stories or some more like wisdom from, from recruiting, um, that this would be a good time. So it's up to yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I got time. Uh, we could switch it up and maybe come back to recruiting things if I can like figure out where I was going with that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but what I wanted to share, it's funny. I, people are always like, oh, you know, you get together with your book friends and they're like, oh, I want war stories. I'm like, I don't, thankfully, I don't have any war stories. <laughs> like I try to think back and I'm like, I really like Kush, I think experience. Like to put it this way, I didn't even get a flat tire until my fourth summer. Oh, come on. And you know how I got it? I walked out in the morning on my way to go drive to go follow John Stewart, saw that my tire was flat, texted him and said, I'll be 30 minutes late, changed my tire and drove and went and followed him. Like, what are the odds of that? Like, so (laughs) not dramatic, like no car breakdowns, like the most dramatic thing that happened, dramatic. Like my first summer, like my seatbelt clicker broke. And then like week 13, while I was delivering books, I broke my, like my door handle broke. I'm driving like a 98 Camry, you know what I mean? So like you're opening and closing the door. So like the door broke and the handle broke. And I just looked at it and I laughed, like literally laughed out loud. And I was like, <laughs> hilarious because it's like such a small thing. And it's like the end of the summer. Cause I just like, you know, rolled out my window and whatever, like got a fix when I went home. Like it just was like so mellow, like never got stuck in a ditch. And the oh. actually, actually the one time that I like kind of did was when a first year followed me, literally asked me, this is my second summer, have you ever got stuck in a ditch? No. And what happens like an hour later, but it was like, <laughs> I drove barely off the road. And then not, not two minutes later, someone's coming down 
and it wasn't a it was a random road in the country like it was up this big like big hill in kentucky i don't know you know where wherever you're from but it was a hill so it was like pretty secluded somebody just comes driving down and they're like oh do you need help and they like pull me out in like five minutes and the only reason i was stuck because it was wet so it wasn't was even it? like a ditch like my tire was just off the road but it was wet enough that i couldn't get traction like that's stuck in a ditch right and so i'm like hearing all these stories about these kids like flipping their cars and like yeah just dramatic totally. just yeah. dramatic stuff and i'm just like doo, 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 doo. like i'm fine it's no fine way. yeah i mean Dude. i had a i had a first year my fourth summer 2016 we were in, in vermont and at night the roads get like i mean they're in, in vermont it's super windy because it's kind of mountainy and yeah we got the other first year gets home i'm i was usually the last one so and i get that like at 10 30 it's like late and the kid's not there and i'm like what the heck this can't be good mind you he'd already totaled his car on the way to the book field so this is like two weeks later his parents had to got it get a new car out there it was a whole thing we had to figure out and he what ended up happening is i had to like go he climbed up like this mountain he went off the road he hit like yeah. some like gravel that was like not even or whatever and like started the little bumps and then he went off the road luckily he hit like a couple of trees otherwise he was gonna like keep rolling who knows what would happen and then he was able to get out, go up the hill, back up till he got service, and called me barely. And all I could make out was the road name that he was on. Oh. And I had to look in the map, like, where the road was. Because it, yeah. like, I was like, where the heck? And I, I would type it in Google Maps, and it wouldn't freaking come up. Because it was one of those, those like, discreet, like, private roads or whatever. I don't yeah. know. And then I finally found it on, like, an old map on paper. Had to drive out, drove up the whole entirety of the road until I saw him just standing there. Like, and this is, like, at midnight now. And yeah, that's the kind of car stuff I'm used to. You're here like, I got a flat tire yeah. on a follow day morning. Come on. Yeah. I, and that's why I laugh too. Cause I'm Lucky. like, hilarious. Like, and then like, you know how, like you always have a dog that like pees on your bag. So my first yeah. summer, literally right when I moved into the new HQ, a, a dog peed on my bag, but the girl that had just quit left her bag. So I was like, okay. And I just went like, nothing hard nothing hard really no and so i look back and i'm like wow i was a brat um because really like and then the only thing that happened that was bit big was my last summer so funny i pulled into a lady's driveway and she backed into me so like oh, no. she didn't even have like she hadn't pulled into reverse yet i didn't even know she was in the car and then she put it in reverse and I like honked and she didn't, and she backed into me. So it was funny. So like, I drove like a rental for a week and I was like, awkward. Cause like, you haven't bought books for, I wanted to buy books for me, but now you're going to pay for my car. That's <laughs> so that happened my last summer and that like, was it? Yeah. I'm like amazed at how many things, I mean, I got like a bit by a dog my second summer. Like I have a baby scar from it. But again, I literally not 10 minutes earlier cause it was raining in Kentucky put on rain boots because I was in shorts and a t-shirt I mean it was hot put on rain boots because that dog went for my legs first and I had a long sleeve on and so then it got it just like punctured through my long sleeve like just barely and so then I just like oh went to Walmart God. got some antibiotics like knocked on the neighbors next door I was like do you know those people their dog bit me like can you make sure that dog like doesn't have rabies and like oh that's our cousin like they called me, they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Like you have a, it was an Australian Shepherd. Like he was hurt, you know, hurting dog. Like it was trying to protect me, protect the property. But yeah, like, so just minimal. But yeah, wow. I thought that was funny. Like again, with my weird situation. That is hilarious. Like, 
don't know. Or awe. I don't know if it's funny. Everybody listening that's a book kid's probably like, we freaking hate you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, how, how dare you? You didn't even experience it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel so bad because when I lived with Amy, um, it was the one night I put my phone, instead of do not disturb, I put it on silent. And she was like, I don't know if she was following somebody and driving back or like going to get extra books. She was doing something. And she's driving back in the middle of the night, like 2am and she called me. And of course my phone was on silent instead of do not disturb. Otherwise if she'd have called twice, I think it, it, you know, it rings. And so I like wake up, she's not there. And I'm like, interesting. And so like she, I had to wait the whole day until like at night and it was like what happened and she like literally like hit a stop sign like totaled the car like super <laughs> dramatic like nobody answered the phone and I was like I feel like such a terrible person because I literally it was the one night I put my phone on silent and like didn't hear anything like did I answer her call like yeah I, hey it is what it is I don't know I don't know I like missed it Lucky. all Thank lucky, God. lucky. Well, and and that's that's okay. That's you. There was you ate shit and like HQs and bad turf. So you know, it, you you got tested in your own ways. You got tested Different in your own ways. ways. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because some people have amazing cool. turf, right? Some people get there and the HQs a freaking mansion, and everybody's uh, buying, and you're just like, okay. But then they have a bunch of car troubles. It's like, hey, you got yeah. you got you got your own taste in your own way. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I did live yeah. in a kind of a mansion in my last summer. Yeah, yeah. I've never had yeah, a nice yeah, HQ. Yeah. Like well, I don't know if it was like nice, but it was cool. It was like this older lady, and she had like all her kids were grown and gone, and she had this huge house. Like it even had like in the attic, you could go up, and it had like the big window at the top, and like the lookout on this like big acre of land. Um, she yeah. hosted for several years. I think uh, I think Alma Alma lived there. But at one point, but you know, it was like these, and there's just huge rooms. I swear it was haunted though, because we would like hear it at night. I don't know if it was just the water running through the pipes because it was super <laughs> old, but I'm like, I'm like 99% sure like it, it was haunted. It was a little creepy. Good, good. You you needed something to challenge. See what I'm saying? You got, it was, it was, it was give and take. It was give and take. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> saying like, it was, cool. it was a cool HQ, but other than that, yeah. yeah, it works. It works. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. All right, so let's go. Let's go into these pony stories, and we can jump into the pony stories. Why not? Okay, cool. So, well, I mean, and you were saving some good ones for the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Unless got you got, unless you got more recruiting uh, tidbits, and then we can go into the pony stories. Recruiting tidbits, or like things I learned from Southwestern. Well, yeah, I guess you we can do that. Some of that too, like sure. I mean, obviously just how to push back and like stand up for myself, I think, which I yeah. never thought that I had to learn because I'm a pretty, if you can't tell, outspoken person. Like, I <laughs> so. Yeah, I like that. That's a good thing about you. Um, I did have one question. Curious, because you yeah. said your parents, your parents are after, after your fourth summer. Now, why do they feel about it now? How do they see your experience with Southwestern now yeah. that it's been over? Yeah. Once I like started getting jobs and my dad would joke and he literally, he literally said to me several times, like, I knew that Southwestern thing would pay off eventually. And I'd be like, shut up. But yeah. So I think again, <laughs> their main fear aside from like safety was, is this a good use of my time? Like, is this actually going to get me ahead? Like, yeah, you say it'll help you get jobs, but will it help you get jobs, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, yeah, once I once I actually started getting jobs and like doing well, then yeah, then they were on board. And my mom really never 
until that point really never got on board. I'd say my dad probably hopped on board like third summer. And really a lot of that, I didn't share this. A lot of that, again, like standing up for yourself after my second summer, because it was so hard for me again, cause I didn't decide to come back before, you know, a couple months before. So I can't say that I was totally bought in. Like I didn't recruit, my manager was gone, like bad turf, like just everything. Yeah. It was a wreck and I didn't have a good summer, but I was like, what happened? And I basically was just like, you guys happen. Like, I, like literally telling, that was a hard conversation. I remember like, we were like walking through, I think like Petco or PetSmart, not joking. And I'm like having this conversation with my dad, like kind of crying, being like, your lack of support for me was like why I had a bad summer and not like, not like totally, but like kind of trying to get them to understand that like they, their, like their actions like played a part in my self-esteem and like how I felt my, felt about myself and like how I did that, that summer. And that's a hard and weird thing to say to your parents. Like, like you're basically telling them to take accountability for like, like really telling them to take accountability for things. And I think also for my parents, like, you know, again, military, like we didn't talk about our feelings, like just not a touchy feely. I mean, I was definitely loved, like no lack of love, but just not in a, how are you feeling type of way? Like, it was just like, we don't care how you feel, get over it and move on. Right. And so I think for me to be able to have that conversation and be like, you really, in a childlike way, like you hurt my feelings, essentially, like you like that really impacted me that was really disappointing for you to not support me when you've supported me for everything else in my life. Like that was a really detrimental blow. And this is the result of that. And so that really got my dad on board into my third summer because he was like, whoa, okay. Like I really kind of screwed up. Like, even if I don't agree totally with you or I don't like love it, doesn't mean that I shouldn't support you as a parental figure. So I think that was like a really... That was really big. Yeah. And I did do that in a retail store. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Good for you. That's a, I mean, that's a Yeah, no, I mean, that's an important place to be. There's always like those weird places to be with your parents. Like for me, a weird spot to have been with my dad. It wasn't like a disagreement, but when I turned the age that my dad was when he had me, that's hmm. a weird day. Cause you're like, whoa, like, yeah. I could have a kid right now and it would be my dad. Like it, that's, it, it's trippy, man. It's trippy. Yeah. So, or like the day you realize your parents' mortality, I think as you grow up, you get older and then they start getting a little older and you can see it and you can start seeing them get old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, on that note, yes. now it's time for some pony stories. So if you, got one, if you got one big one or a couple like good ones. I got ones, like two, two, medium-sized ones good, so good. first funny story with my first summer back to my first summer so remember when i moved into my rookie hq my second county I hit stake like week six or seven and then like just average and i'm just watching like Susanna mccon come home and she's just freaking crushing it and she's like oh i had a steak day oh i had a steak day i'm like pissed off and like i'm literally every morning I'm like i will hit steak today like so in the affirmations and the manifestation like i'm hitting steak today i'm hitting steak today i'm hitting steak today okay so week 11 so like four weeks go by i don't even know how i'm still like it's happening so frustrated Susanna, i think hit pc already so i'm i'm just pissed i'm like you're not better than me, even though she was, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm going to hit this. And so I'm like, so motivated. And so I went out and I had already switched turf again. I went to the County next door 
Okay. Cause like the one that I moved to, like, didn't hold me either. So I'm like in a third County that could only hold me for three weeks. And it's week 11 because we're delivering a week early because we're, we sold so much, which is great. So I have like, yeah. just this last week, I'm like, not only do I have to, hit, I want to win. Like I've got to hit PC. I don't know. So I get to Friday and I, I don't, I, I hit stake and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, cool. And so I'm like, okay, I even like kind of quit early. I mean, like I like knocked on dorsal 930 because I knew I didn't have enough turf to like break into my Sunday or my Saturday, like free for all, whatever you, what do we call it anymore? I don't, when you go to like all the houses that uh, you, like um, gravy? gravy, yeah. Like all day yeah. gravy. Yeah. So I knew yeah, I, I wouldn't be gravy. Got it. Gravy. Okay. Yeah. I knew I wouldn't have enough turf for all day gravy on the next day. If I like started knocking on more doors Friday night. So I like stopped at like eight 30 or something. And I'm like, I got to figure out how to hit this. So Saturday morning, I knock on this door. It's like, literally like the first door and this like did odd answers and he's like no i don't was it saturday gosh i don't even know i don't even know my stories anymore anyway moral of the story is i knocked on this door whatever day it was and <laughs> forget if i know anymore it's been like seven years and um it was a dad and i knew i knew the lady everybody kept referring me to her actually her was actually kim they're like you gotta go see kim you gotta go see kim you gotta go see kim they had two girls and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I knock on the door really early in the morning, like kind of piss the dad off a little bit. He's the one that answers. I don't get anywhere. I'm like, crap. Like everyone's referring me to her. Like I need to get her. And so I'm like going around, whatever. And so finally I go to somebody else who's a teacher and she's like, you got to talk to Kim. And I'm like, everybody's telling me to talk to Kim. Can you call Kim? Because I knock on her door at like 7.55 AM and I think it pissed her husband off. She's like, yeah, I'll call her. And like, come to find out, she like runs the school's after, after school program where like kids stay oh, like study. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And so she calls her, sets up an appointment for me to go see her. This can't have happened on Saturday. It was like a Friday. Sets up a call for me to go see her. I go into the school and she bought, like, she, she was like, I'm not going to buy anything, but show me. I show her the whole thing. And she looks at me and she goes, you know what, Kim, I really like you. <laughs> oh my God, I really like you. I'll buy from you. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to do, um, five sets of the, uh, or six sets of the advantage books. And I'm like, okay. And five sets of the kids books. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like totaling it up. Literally had to ring it up twice because back then, you know, we dialed in credit card info and you could yeah. only charge a maximum amount. I don't even remember what it was, but yeah. it was over. That. So she literally bought like the bag several times, essentially. Um, anyway, I hit PC that week. So that, that was fun. That was my last oh. week. I went away to PC, like finally had my steak day. Like it just all came together and just like stumbled on this teacher who literally was like, not going to buy for me. So I wasn't pushy. And I was just like, this is what I have. And she was like, I really like you. And I was like, okay. That's a pony. Yeah, that's a pony. That's a that's a, one. That might be the coolest pony story. One of the coolest stories we've ever had. That was yeah. a solid so pony. Sold a school. Sold a school. And funnier part, remember my third summer when I moved in with the Indian, or my second summer when I moved in with the kids from um, Texas, back in yes, Indiana. The boys. The yeah. Boys. So one of those first years had moved into that HQ recently because he ran a turf. Yeah, he was in that county. I didn't know it. He was telling me about it. He was like, yeah, everyone keeps saying someone sold the school system like last year. And I was like, 
Oops. So, you know the <laughs> county that you just tried to sell books in for the last three weeks and haven't gotten anywhere doing so? I was like, um, I did that. That was me. <laughs> I was like, that Sweet. was me. <laughs> and he was like, how what? And I was like, yeah. So, anyway. How many units was that? Was that the 320 unit day? No, it was like 200 something units. I don't know. Um, it was, a, I think it was 221 units or something like that. And then I hit, that was the Friday. That, that's what happened Friday. So she said, I, I met the other lady on Thursday. She set me up for the appointment on Friday, like two o'clock. I went into a school, like totally not what you're supposed to do, but I was like, we'll see what happens. And then Saturday, <laughs> I like quit early Friday and I was like, I have to sell Saturday. Like I need to have a good day to round it out and hit PC. I think I needed a steak day. And then went out and hit steak on Saturday. And I had like, I had no more turf left. Like I barely had enough turf for Saturday. Like nice. just barely. So that was fun. And then my um, third summer of the other pony story was, so I, um, the rest of my group, like Amy Pagosi's org was already um, delivering. And because I had like switched county, switched states, the books I had sold in the other state, like another first year was just going to deliver. So I got a couple extra days of like sales time. And so I wasn't really running like the typical schedule. Like I wasn't getting up at 75. Like I was running like a delivery schedule. So I was kind of waking up late. So I remember I woke up and um, I, I knew I had to like salvage my summer. And so I was like, this is going to be a good day. I think I rolled out of bed. I don't know when I rolled out of bed, but I rolled out of the HQ at like nine. No joke. <laughs> um, down, I downloaded a new album of Time Flies. Thank you, Time Flies, if you guys even know what that is. Yes, I've seen them live. I love Time Flies. Super yes, talented. so the one, the album with Beast in it. Yeah. 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 So I'm like blasting that windows down on the drive to my turf. It's like 9 a.m. I'm just like having a good time because I'm like, everybody else is on delivery schedule. Like no one cares when I work. And I was working that that county um again like new county because i ran a turf just like kind of cherry picking it because i knew i didn't have enough time to work it fully and i was like let me just get referrals like why have i waited until my third summer to ask for referrals don't ask me like for the love of god if you're selling books ask for referrals so i'm like having a good time anyway doing well because i'm actually asking for referrals and people are like calling their friends and telling me that i'm going to show up telling them that i'm going to show up phenomenal and so i had a good list of people and so i just like I'm selling and it's like racking up and I'm like, you know, it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm about to head to a house. It's a referral. And I'm like, I know they're going to buy. And so I text Amy and I'm like, Amy is the magic number still like 300. And it was, it was, I think it was Hannah Reesberg. Didn't she sell for multiple summers or somebody else? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody else had the magic number was like 300. And she goes, why are you going to hit it? And I just sent her like a winky face. <laughs> And I made her wait until I got home. <laughs> but yeah, I walked out of that house and I sold like 320 units, not That's at the one wild. house, but like for the whole day, just the whole day. That's and it was crazy. like, people are like, how'd you do it? I'm like, well, probably not the way that you want to hear. Like, cause I definitely wasn't on the right schedule. Like I was just, I think I was just in such a good mood and like, I didn't have to, but I was rolling around and I was just having a good time. Like you want to buy who, who else are you going to send me to? And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if they would buy them. Like, that's fine. As long as they'll listen to me. And then I'd go over there and then they'd buy and then they'd send me somewhere else. And I literally was just like cherry picking like the whole County. Um, but it was just so much fun. Like, I, and I'm like sitting there like, why did I do this all summer? Like, I don't understand, but anyway, it was, it was fun. And it was fun to come home and be like, yeah, I hit it. And then, you know, you get the whole like stay and, um, 
at the double tree or whatever it is in Nashville for free. And um, I don't even think I told like Mike, I don't even think I told him immediately. I told him like the next day and he was like, why didn't you tell me this last night? And I was like, I don't know. Mike Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. He was, yeah. Cause he was our D our DSM at the time. And I was like, no, I, I didn't even like go home and tell really anybody except for like Amy and Gwendy. So I was just like, all right, that's a good way to end the summer before I go deliver. I was kind of pissed though, because I, it was a Monday and I had to go deliver. And I was like, I literally am halfway to PC. I could just go hit PC, but like, you know, <laughs> well, and, and it's funny cause I, the, my best day was like 275. So not quite, it was like nice. eight customers and, and there's like a flow that you get into. Yes. And again, it's like, it's, I did it one time. It's not like I can, if I was doing this constantly, that would have been amazing. Uh, and like people now are selling like 3000 units a week. Not like some, some Peter guy, Peter sold uh, 30,000 units what? this summer, this last summer. Yeah. It's just shattered the record crazy. And now it's seven cents, seven dollars to the unit. So he like made like, I don't know, $210,000 or some shit like that. Yeah. Crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. So like, I'm not trying to like, be like now i'm just saying there is a time where you just kind of get in a flow mm-hmm. and it just and i think it's the it's a genuine buying atmosphere yeah to me like you just don't care like, yeah it sounded to the, like it sounded like to you like that day you're like i'm not gonna let anybody ruin my mood so that's yep. huge attitude the first thing which is key and then the second thing is i could care less i could not care less if you bought or not like i'm yeah. it's my last day i'm i'm out of here tomorrow. I don't get, it's like yeah. now or never i don't care but really that's a buying atmosphere. It's like, I don't care if you do this or not. I'm just glad yeah. that we're here. And then also that's what I remember feeling. And I was like, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden I look up, it's 9.30. I'm like, oh, okay. And I have like, you know, 270 or something and eight customers and like Monday, it was a Monday too. And I was like, I'm gonna go home. That was my first summer okay. week. Yeah, week, what? week six or something. Yeah. Nice. It was weird. But like, I know what you mean. So like when you were walking me through your day, I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's how Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to describe it, but you're right. It is like just that flow and you just like, you don't care so much, but you also know that they are going to buy. So, but you're also, so then you're more laid back and they're like, oh, we're really cool. It's just this like really cool buying atmosphere. And like, why in Southwestern, we call it the high pro glow, right? Like you don't stop on the high pro. I don't even, we just, when you make a sale, you just, because it just kind of snowballs and it's it just like that energy. I think it's energy, right? You just give yeah. off that energy and just like, you know, the teacher Kim that bought for me, like Shiller was just like, I like you. Like that happened to me a lot in my summers. Like people were like, I wasn't going to buy, but I like you. Like they would just flat out yeah. tell me that. And I'm not saying that. Cause I'm like amazing. I'm just saying like, when you, you just give off those vibes, people are like, Oh, like you're really genuine. Like I like you as a person, like people want to buy from people that they like, they don't want to yeah. be sold but like they, they want to vibe with you. That's what you want to call yeah. it. So yeah. yeah, it's a good vibe. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was good. That's a good note to wrap this thing up. This is good. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Thanks nice. for having me. Yeah. That was an hour and a half. Can you believe how quickly that goes? Oh my gosh. That's nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I talk a lot, so. You know, no, it's, it's I can everybody, it. everybody that comes on, they're like, yeah, I got about an hour. I'm like, make it too. Cause I promise yeah. you just, it just all of a sudden you look up and it's, and it's, t- it's been about time. So cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up. But first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hopping on. It's It's been a really cool month to get a lot of bo- more book women on here to, and show how badass because we were, we were kind of getting male heavy there. And it's like, come on, man, there's so many cool book chicks. So we got to we gotta get on this show. So thank you for, for hopping on. Uh, I want to say good luck to you and on, on, on your, on your new job. That's so exciting. And I know you're going to crush it. You're going to build that. You're going to build that thing like a, like a, like a boss. Uh, if you guys want to get more information about isogenics, you can definitely contact Kim 
Um, you're the second isogenics person I think we've had on the show. So, you know, contact Kim for that and to get more information on that. And then, of course, uh, stay tuned for the next episodes. I think up next we got Nicole Wingard on Sunday. Uh, Mary Lynn Powers, Naomi Kaufman, uh, Heather Dutton. We got a bunch of them. It's, it's super fun. It's uh, coming up. And also fun episodes coming up. We got Grant Greeter in November. Jim Potts, who sold in the 60s, is coming up in November. So that's exciting. November 18th. So anyway, stay tuned for that. We are going to launch our merch. Uh, so keep an eye out for that as well. We're, we've been teasing that for a while now. It's coming. We, we'll, we get you guys. We'll get you guys. Uh, and you guys can go check out some super cool merch. Uh, fun fact, in March, we're slowly going to release each month, but in March, we're going to release a fanny pack. For those of you who are going back to the book field, <laughs> get a ponytails fanny pack. Um, and then, uh, of course, Bizzler. So if you're an alumni and you're listening to this, Bizlert. Uh, where there's a form that you fill out. It's in the comments. You can also go to our uh, Instagram. Check the link in the bio. We it's a it's a Google form that you can fill out to get kind of the info and vote on the week that we're going to do it in. Uh, go. You'll know what I'm talking about when you get it, right, Kim? Like yeah. they'll know. Yeah. They'll know. <laughs> if they'll you know, know, you know. <laughs> you should um, know. You're going. You should know because you're going. Yeah. And so. Um, we'll see you guys. That'll be August 2022. Um, we're going to be in Cancun, um, five star resorts. Uh, or you can always just message us on, on on Instagram, and we'll get you more details on that. On that note, Cam, it's been a pleasure. We are wrapping up here. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. My name is Andres Gamboa. I'm the creator and co-host of the Ponytails Podcast, and Nick Taverdi was off today. See you guys. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Right. Cool. Wow, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>